You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Mm. And presented by our friends at TCL, who we'll talk about in just a second here. Uh, Judd, it's a Saturday checkdown episode. We wanted to wait until the last day of the draft played out until we posted anything today. And some interesting things. You and I were both taken in the Twins game today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I thought glad. they had that game there for a second. And I'm then glad the... I had the draft to concentrate on besides the Twins because um, there, there were 0 for 11 with guys in scoring position and Carlos Correa um, going into that game at 195. You know, it's it's time to get back to yeah. the Twins. Just well, Buck, Buck hit a home run yeah, and nice. uh, the bullpen kind of got weird there at the end. But we're not here to talk Twins. We're here to talk about your Minnesota Vikings here to wrap up. So we're going to give you just kind of a 15 minute, just a couple big things that happened today. And then we're going to give you a whole lot more throughout the week on purple daily, daily Vikings entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a super bowl before we die. And thank you guys for making this not only one of the most popular football podcasts in America, according to Apple, but thank you for packing the house, both at park tavern and also just on our YouTube channel. These last couple nights with our live streams. Um, It's been awesome. The last few nights, and TCL, no matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. So, hold on the, a second. Hold oh, on, hold on. Because oh, 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 all i got to say is the drinking's oh, oh. not done. Oh, it's wow. Saturday. Let's, let's, wow. let's listen. Oh, that is a glorious sound. The new... The new before I die can and now I'm going to pour it thanks to Ross Brendel in our new purple daily mug look at that what great product placement here from Judd and look at the pour the twins are proud are the twins driving you to drink or is the Vikings third day of the draft driving you to drink right now it's a celebration the draft is done it's time to unwind you know time to relax I kind of like this draft I'm not gonna lie you know come back in three years and tell me I'm a moron here but so the Vikings wind up with six draft picks. All right, Jordan Addison, Makai Blackman, we talked about those. You can find those recaps. So today they drafted four players. Uh, Jay Ward, versatile, let's just call him a safety, defensive back, cornerback hybrid. Can't which fits, type, right? Yep, which kind of Same fits with thing. the Brian Flores ethos, right? Sure. Is it pronounced uh, Jocelyn Roy? Jacqueline, Jocelyn Roy, the, the interior defensive lineman from I'll LSU? Call him Jock. Jock Roy. Jock Roy yes. sounds more like just he's going to big guy. Some meat and potatoes in the interior of the defensive line. But maybe the two most intriguing picks here. It's it's pretty rare that you have a fifth and a seventh rounder that kind of tell a story, right? Mm-hmm. So the Vikings drafted BYU quarterback Jaron Hall in the fifth round. And then they drafted UAB running back Dwayne McBride in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. So a couple thoughts here real quick. Dwayne McBride. 
I believe he actually led all of college football in rushing yards last year. It was just an absolute monster for UAB. And according to smarter people than us, like Thor, for instance, he's a guy that you can pound on first and second down, doesn't catch a lot of passes, but, you know, you got Alex Madison, you got Ty Chandler. So this and and Quasey, after the draft, said they had a, they had a, not a first round, they had a starter grade on Dwayne McBride as a running back. So to me, this is more evidence that Dalvin Cook is on the way out with some sort of post-June first trade or cut, and they're going to roll with starter grade Dwayne McBride, Alex Madison, who's now the highest paid running back, not named Dalvin Cook on the team, right. and then Ty Chandler, who they drafted in what, the fifth round or sixth round last year? I think it was fifth round last year. Who yeah. they like, yeah. Uh, Jaron Hall, a mobile big-arm quarterback from BYU as kind of a project. He doesn't necessarily replace Cousins in a year, but it's just, hey, let's get a young quarterback in the door. He can work behind Cousins. We'll see what else happens in the offseason. But so just some some interesting stuff here. Versatile defensive back, mm-hmm. a quarterback with some upside, and we'll tell you more about him, a running back with a starter grade, according to Quasey, all on the third day of the NFL draft. So to go back to – because and. It's Twitter, okay? So I take it with a, a grain of salt because the angry ordinarily take to Twitter to vent, and I don't know the people that like the draft do as much venting of, oh, I love this draft. But, you know, I did see a lot. Quasi is trading back. And you know what? There are times, first round last year, that I don't like that. I'll fully admit, I would prefer to take a player at 12 than to gain picks by going back to 32. In this case, I think O'Connell prevailed, and, and they took Addison at 23. They didn't trade back. After that, I don't care as much. Like, once you get to the third round, what whatever sort of floats your boat, unless you're just passing on a clear-cut guy who's fallen and shouldn't have, which most of us, by the way, in fairness, don't know by that point. Um, but here's, here's my analysis, which I think is, is fair. Because for a guy that likes to panic, I can't with a draft. I've covered a ton of these. We have no idea. We just, I mean, you, we have mm-hmm. no clue. We can sit here and it's fun. And look, positions are fun. But as far as an actual assessment of Quasi screwed the pooch or he was great, I don't yeah. know. But my analysis is this. In year two, because the year one draft, which is still pending, we don't know. The year one draft, Phil, as O'Connell said in his press conference after Addison was taken on Thursday, seemed to be sort of disjointed at times. Like, I don't know because of the fact that, that they hadn't all been there for an extended period of time. I don't know that everyone was necessarily on the same page and like the give and take in this one. Okay. Quasi was clearly talking about, and with the way he works, I think he probably wanted to trade back and get more picks. I think O'Connell prevailed and said, this is a starting wide receiver to compliment, yeah. a, you know, an unbelievable player. I so fi- he- By the way, I finally watched the video you've been talking about on the Vikings you YouTube it? account. And it is kind of funny because, like, multiple times throughout the video, KOC went up to Quasi and said something along the lines of, you stuck to the plan. You stuck to the plan. And Quasi was like, I know, I know, I know. know. You didn't want to stick and, to the plan. And KOC's plan was, let's get Jordan Addison. Let's add another weapon. Uh, wh- whoever the quarterback is, let's just have a bunch of weapons. And Quasi is like, I think we should trade back, get some right. extra capital. And eventually he did. I, I mean, they traded back a ton, just not with that that pick. And then, yeah. so so Kevin got his guy, which is good. Um, they didn't have a second round pick. After that, I think they told Brian Flores, "Okay, dude, we're gonna we're we're gonna help help you out." Um, the the third and fourth round cornerbacks, I, I like because that room now is pretty stocked, and like you got to figure, 
with the way that this team operates now, which is really to roll the dice on numbers at times, that there's enough guys with what a couple of uh, cornerback picks last year, the guy that they signed from the Patriots to this year, who I'm guessing Flores pushed for. Like I'm yeah. guessing that th- that these two guys are Flores film guys. Like he's like, let's go get them. So the cornerback room has gone from unstocked. Like the cooler was not stocked. They had no beer. I'm not even talking good beer. I'm talking it just didn't have enough beer in it. Now it's stocked with beer. It might and be Keystone Light, but you know we, it's we a, don't write. We need exactly. some Surleys in that cooler is what we need. Exactly, and that would be the preference. And I think Byron Murphy is perceived as a furious. But beyond that, at least you've stocked that. Um, and then the seventh round pick to me does the same thing. The running back room is now stocked. And the thing to keep in mind is this. And they can talk about Cook all they want. But the reality is the, the seventh the seventh round pick, the running back, stocks the running back room. But you know as well as I do, if things don't go great there, they can just restock it. Like cornerbacks yeah. are hard to find. Running backs, just go down to your local liquor store. They'll sell you one before 9 o'clock. You'll be fine. Yeah, pe- people forget Matt Asiata once scored like eight yeah. touchdowns as a starting running back for this team. So. If yeah. your focus is that position, you're sort of screwed. And then, and then to your point, the most intriguing one is Jaron Hall. Because this is unlike Mond. And by the way, the funniest thing is Kellen Mond right now, two years younger than Jaron Hall, who's 25. Interesting. Served two years of a uh, Mormon mission and then spent five years at BYU. He de- He dealt with some injuries and redshirted for a year. But anyway, that's yeah. the one that really intrigues me because, like, that's the wild card. And unlike a Rick Spielman quarterback, Phil, um, this is a guy that clearly on the board, O'Connell said, I can work with this kid. I trust him a lot more than I did anyone from the previous administration to say that about a quarterback. Let me read you some stuff here about Jaron Hall here. So our guy, so we have we have two great uh, budding, young, grinding Draft experts on Purple Daily now in Tyler Fornis and Thor Nystrom. Thor, very hesitant on Jaron Hall. Tyler loves Jaron Hall. Tyler's been writing about Jaron Hall for two years. He even has an article from sometime earlier this offseason that says, Jaron Hall is the mid-round quarterback option the Vikings should target. He sent and me a note. That's what he cried. He <laughs> said he started crying when they made the pick. He said, Judd, that's my guy. <laughs> now, if he's, he's a huge, if he's a huge bust, then maybe Tyler will distance himself. But, but Tyler kind of called this. Ty- this is Tyler's guy, all right? Mm-hmm. And um, so he, I just said, hey, send me. We'll get you on, obviously. So we launched a new show, and it'll, it'll be, I think, back on Monday uh, and then going weekly throughout the offseason, Purple Daily on drafts. So you'll hear Thor and Tyler probably argue about this pick on Monday with Declan as the moderator. So check that out on Purple Daily. But I said, dude, it's uh, it's Saturday. Just please send me like five quick bullet points of what you think about Jaron Hall. And uh, and and Tyler says, Phil, I'm on cloud nine. Yeah, okay. He has experience in this offense. Drops it in a bucket down the field. Only six feet tall, but a great athlete. Played in an offense that asked him to play in, in hard mode. Like this is the opposite of Hendon Hooker. So this offense asked him to make full progressions, condensed spaces, pro concepts. So he's not, unlike a Hendon Hooker and some of these other guys where you have to come in, all right, you spent your entire career putting up big numbers in a tricked-out, schemed-up offense with NFL wide receivers, and you only had to read half the field. This is different. Um, He's the only guy outside of the top four I would bet on to potentially be a starter 
is what our guy Tyler Fornis says. Mm-hmm. Here's what Pro Football Focus says. These are the pros about Jaron Hall. Tight release with zip even on the move can be a three-level passer in the NFL. Football. Light on his feet and able to get out of sticky situations, so a little, little more mobility than maybe we're used to. Routinely gets all the way across the field in his reads, so he's a progressions guy, which is very important in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Some of the bad stuff, really spotty accuracy in the intermediate range, erratic overall. Now, is that footwork-related? You know, Anthony Richardson's footwork-related. Can you teach that out of him, right? Uh, didn't have to learn how to play under pressure behind BYU's offensive line, and he's already 25 years old, which that's one of the knocks on Hendon Hooker. Sure. Our guy, Kevin Seifert, your former co-worker at the Star Tribune about 15 years ago, had a really interesting nugget about Jaron Hall here. And this this reminds me of that draft day, the movie with Kevin Costner, the anecdote about them taping a $100 bill at the end of the, the yep. playbook. Yep. Basically, you're trying to... You try to like throw something in to see if yeah, if they'll lie them. to you, right? Yeah. Try and fool them to see if they'll lie. So Kevin Seifert tweeted this anecdote earlier. This is from Director of College Scouting Mike uh is it Mike Shalaton? Mm-hmm. At the combine, the Vikings showed Jaron Hall a BYU play on film where they knew that his wide receiver ran the wrong route. Quote we were trying to give him a chance to say, hey, this, this wide receiver ran the wrong route. They were basically trying to get him to throw his teammate under the bus. And all Jaron Hall was willing to say is, I have to make that play right. I love that. That, like, hooks me in, man. What What if he didn't know the play correctly and he was like, <laughs> yeah, I should have made that play. They're like, no, you shouldn't have known. He's like, no, I, I don't even know what we're doing I, on what, offense half the time. What was so. that? Hey, can you guys explain that play? I, I don't even really understand it. <laughs> no, that's pretty funny. No, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is not, you know, we, we've had so many quarterback conversations and right. most of them centered around the big ones on the board and how, how aggressive would you be? I like what I'm hearing about Jaron Hall, but this is not a Kirk Cousins successor unless you get really, really lucky. Right. This is not, to me, this should not be their plan to replace Kirk Cousins in 2024. Unless they get him in the building, like Russell Wilson was a third-round pick, right, for the Seahawks, and holy crap, this guy's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Let's hone him. Um, I think this is a flyer. Seems like an interesting flyer. It's worth some a shot. good things, yeah, some good things. It's a fifth-round shot. It, but, it's but, fine. But 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 it shouldn't. It, this this should not be like oh they found all right here it is. This is Kirk Cousins' replacement. I'm not ready to go that far. So on um, VikingsWire.com, where, by the way, you can find my Jaron Hall column right now. Wow. I wrote a sort of big-picture story about wh- where this might go, pertaining to exactly what we're talking about here. Um, Tyler also had a breakdown, had some good footage of some of Jaron Hall's best throws. And one that really was intriguing and impressive is, is this. He had, he threw, he was asked to and successfully, and now this is BYU, okay? So keep in mind, it's not, you know, Bama or something like that. And it's certainly not the pros. They play the schedule. Yeah. But he's got a good arm. He's a former baseball player. And he was asked to throw out routes to the opposite hash, the opposite sideline. So, and in college, the hashes are farther away. So that's a really long throw. I'm not even sure that's a smart play call. But he made those throws. So he definitely, so like if the starting point is there's some accuracy problems that can be coached out. And I do think accuracy, like if you can't hit the broadside of a barn, it's a problem, but we've seen guys who have accuracy problems, get good coaching. 
Um, and plus, they probably get help on play calls, so it's not dumb play calls. But the reality is, you know, I don't think O'Connell's going to draft a guy on, on a lark of, well, I really don't like his style. I really don't like his play, but what the, the hell? Because um, I went through the list of quarterbacks that were drafted after Hall, just a, as a point of, like, who did they pass on? And th- that list was uh, Clayton Toon of Houston. Um, that, McKee? That list was, well, actually... Tanner McKee went in the sixth round with the 11th pick. So Jaron Hall went with the 29th pick. Excuse me. The fifth round was Clayton Toon went with the fourth pick of the fifth round. So he went right before. Dorian Thompson Robinson went with the very next pick at five to Cleveland. Sean Clifford went to Green Bay at 14. And I backtrack what I said. Uh, Jaron Hall then was the last quarterback pick of the fifth round, and they did indeed, you're correct, pass on Tanner McKee of Stanford, who went 11th in the sixth round. Interesting. So it's an interesting thing because I think we all assumed that McKee might be like a fourth or fifth round pick, Mm -hmm. and he actually stuck around. Um, I guess the question, too, becomes what what is the age concern? You know, like I, I totally get it, and I can see why you don't want a first-round pick, fifth-year option coming up when he's thirty, possibly. But I also, you know, with a flyer like this, I don't know it matters because it, yeah. it's a flyer. If it's a first-round pick, the age is a, is a thing, but be, because it's a it's a fifth-round pick, it's yeah, okay, he's a little older. But you know, let, let's say he pans out, and you you start you start him when he's twenty-seven years old. All right, well. He could still be, you know, this is pie in the sky, but best case scenario, he could still be a starter for you for like six or seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I wouldn't bet that that's where this is headed. This is great. This is, they, I, I think this is, they clearly didn't like Hendon Hooker. They clearly didn't like Will Levis. And they clearly didn't want to pay the three first round picks it would have taken to jump over the Colts to get, they would have had to get to the number three pick yeah. to yeah, get Anthony know. Richardson. And the other two guys were off the board. So it's like, all right, we better be damn sure about Anthony Richardson and that we can fix the accuracy problems if we're going to give up the 23, the 2024, and 2025 first-round picks and probably more draft capital than that, too. So once once that happened, and, and, we, and you know, we were there at Park Tavern on Thursday, and we were all kind of like, well, we're uh, 15 minutes into the draft, basically, and there might be chaos, but it's probably not going to be quarterback chaos. Once that happened... This is really the only thing the Vikings could do is, okay, who is your mid-round guy? Hooker, McKee, Stetson Bennett, who went in like the fourth round. He went to uh, to the Rams. Who is your guy that you're going to just kind of take a flyer on? But again, this this should not then prevent you from exploring other options. If you like Trey Lance, you should still go get Trey Lance. If you, if you like someone next year, you should still go draft someone next year. It's become extremely clear, too. Um, one, the quarterback pick is O'Connell's. So, so like, if you're mad, oh, Quasi did this and Quasi did that, I guarantee you, Kevin O'Connell said, okay, now it's time to draft a quarterback. I want this guy. Yeah. The other thing, too, is you can see, and ultimately, it might be flawed. I, I don't know. But the logic of what they're trying to do is very crystal clear. They're trying to build with numbers. So, like, this is, if, if there's a cousin succession plan, this is, like starting to lay the foundation of the house yeah and it might work it might not but i mean the house is a long way from built a long way and we still don't know what the grand plan is you know so i think that's the most important thing to keep in mind though like when it comes to cornerback now they have a full room 
And basically what they're saying is, beyond the fact that they know Byron Murphy Jr. is a proven commodity, basically what they're going to say is, okay, we need two more guys to step up. Could be flawed, don't know, but that's what they're doing. And, you know, it's funny, Phil, but it sort of comes back to this. And it's sort of on Kirk right now, but it's soon going to be on Jefferson. When you're paying one or two guys a boatload in a salary cap league, you sort of have to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't get away with being like, free agency next year, we're going to load up. You know, you don't have that luxury. You have to pick. And, and, I mean, this is going to be this way for a long time. You've got to pick your Byron Murphy Juniors. You've got to pick a few guys here and, and there. But, you know, the days of 2006 and and Childress coming into a place where there was tons of salary cap and you got Longwell and Hutchinson and Chester Taylor, Lieber, you know, that whole group, those days are gone. So, like, this is how you're going to have to build and you're going to have to hit on guys. And Quazy's philosophy, right or wrong, is very simple. I'd rather have multiple opportunities to bring in people than to just say, I think that guy's good, so I'm going to take him with this pick in the third round. Let's get to uh, just a, a couple snippets about McBride, the running back, with apparently a starter grade by the Vikings that they got in the seventh round. After we shout out our friends at Athletic Greens, AG1 is like a nutritional insurance spike to start your day. So I discovered Athletic Greens about six years ago, and it's great. It takes the place of my multivitamin. It, it, you know, you're busy. You're on the fly. You're improvising meals maybe throughout the day. One scoop of AG1 mixed in with my water in the morning or maybe middle of the day gives me 75 high-quality ingredients, important daily nutrients to uh, lift brain fog, lift energy levels, helps with my gut health. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash purple daily, athleticgreens.com slash purple daily. And uh, yeah, if you if you jump in, let me know what the results are for you. Let me know if you experience some of the same benefits that I have. Shoot me a note. So Dwayne McBride put up insane numbers for UAB last year as a running back. Mm-hmm. This is so he's he's 5'11, 215. We'll get to some of the other stuff from PFF here, but he caught five passes his entire career, three years. Yeah, he caught, uh, yeah, 2020, 21, 22. He caught five passes. So he is not a guy that you're going to use out of the backfield. But he ran the ball last year 233 times for 1,700 yards and 19 touchdowns. If you do the math, Dwayne McBride averaged seven and a half yards per carry, Judd. Wow. Seven and a half yards per carry. The year before that, 6.7 yards per carry. Uh, he also had, in his his freshman year, 47 carries at 9 yards a carry. So he averaged for his career on almost 500 carries in college. This dude averaged 7.3 yards per carry. Now, it's UAB. It's Conference USA. I get it. Like I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be you know a 2,000-yard back in the NFL, but wow. Those are pretty ridiculous college numbers. So I'll give you what I think the thought process is there, too. And I've got one name, Isaiah Pacheco, right? Seventh-round pick out of Rutgers by the Chiefs. I think he was 251 in the uh, seventh round, and McBride is 222. But the fact is, and Phil, we talked about this. I don't care if it's a starter or not, but this is, like, that's a round in which you should be able to find a guy that could play this spot. 
Like, I like that because they're devalued enough now where they just fall. I mean, Pacheco was real good. And you know what? In a couple of years, he might be gone. Who knows? But if you can milk that for a few years, mm-hmm. that's, to me, that's the most important thing. So, so he, here's one more number for you. So he finished his career with a 36% forced missed tackle rate, trailing geez. only Bijan Robinson and Javante Williams among FBS running backs since PFF began charting this data nine years ago. Wow. Cool. <laughs> He had a 94 overall grade, according to PFF last year. Uh, the pros, springy back, just so light on his feet for a well-sized back. Listed at 215, but runs like an even bigger back on tape. Ridiculous production since his true freshman season, 7.3 yards per carry. The cons, he gets ran down a little easily in the open field. Long speed doesn't match his quickness. So he's he's going to be good, you know, 5 yards, 10 yards, but maybe not 50 yards. So he might not get loose. He might not get loose. That is correct. But you know, if he can, if he can be a red zone back, even right, just yeah. the guy that gets you those touchdowns. Uh, below an afterthought as a receiver, only ten targets on three hundred twenty-one career pass snaps, and played one of the lower levels of competition in FBS. Only faced two Power Five defenses in his career. So, but again, you're not looking for a three-down, you know, bell cow back here. You're looking for a guy that can contribute. So. I do think the drafting of McBride seals the fate of Dalvin Cook. I, I do believe, based on the steam that we're hearing, that they probably do have a trade lined up. It sounds like it might be with the Dolphins for post-June 1st. So if that happens, you'll have Alex Madison as your starter and then some sort of combination of Dwayne McBride and Ty Chandler, two very productive college running backs that, you know, see what they got. Can Wang Wu make the roster again and get on the field ever? That's my question. I mean, I'm he'll very make it surprised as a... they had no role for him beyond kickoff returns, which is sort of just a dying art. Yeah, I think because he's so good at kickoff returns, he probably makes the roster still right. But it's it's not ironclad like it would have been 20 years ago. That eats up a pretty important space, though. Who would be your kick returner if he got cut? Probably a receiver. The uh, Michigan State receiver? Rager or... Naylor, I guess, yeah. Or you know what you could do? Just bail on that assignment completely and just allow yourself to get the ball to 25. I agree with that, actually. I, yeah. I actually think that that might be... Let's put CJ Ham back there. Because if, <laughs> if you now allow the ball to lay in the end zone, it's they've changed that rule, right? Because it previously was you, you had to go... On a kickoff, pick up the ball, or if it was recovered, it was yeah. a touchdown. Well, but they could just, like, they could kick it short. You do need someone back there, right? Like, if you just put... I was joking, but if you just put CJ Ham back there, they would kick it to him, okay. and then and then they tackle him at down, the. Dude. But they well, no. What do you mean? Oh, you can. So he, they'd kick it short. So I like see what if they saying. kick it short and he takes the ball at the twenty-five or gotcha, the thirty, yeah. You know what? Hands team. Well, what if okay. they squib it though? What if they squib it down to the seven, and CJ Ham picks it up and just rumbles to the twelve every time? Like you need I'm someone just back if there. I can make the roster and do more. <laughs> I, that's, that's all. Okay, I don't want to go into. I didn't mean to go into an in-depth kickoff guy. I'm trying to defend Wang Wu's place on the roster. I guess. Oh, yeah, is what I, I'm saying. I get it. I I just would like to see. <laughs> I I just think that there, there's more. I thought, and I might be wrong now, but. I think there's more versatility there potentially to like be in on some trick plays. O'Connell's yeah. not Mike. I mean, you would think that there are more trick plays to come. Yes. Yes. Um, any other thoughts from just the whole draft weekend for you, the way that this whole thing played out for the Vikings and, and we'll have, again, we'll have a lot more yeah. 
on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. But just final thoughts from you. You know what? It felt like it, whether we agree with whether people agree with it or not, it felt like this draft had a little bit more cohesive decision making from different camps where it felt like the first draft was the quasi draft, which is I'm going to go back. I'm going to, and they did that a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I like the fact that they stood pat at 23. I like the fact that they got a compliment to Jefferson, who is clearly going to be a better player now than Thielen is. I'm not saying that, you know, 2013, this kid would be superior, but he's going to compliment Jefferson now, which is interesting. You know, the one thing that we haven't talked a ton about is the fact that the addition of Addison really helps out and compliments Kirk as well. Mm -hmm. Like for, like for all those who say, well, they're screwing Kirk. No, actually they're not. They got Kirk a weapon. Um, Beyond that, beyond the first round, my two thoughts are this one, much like with last year's draft, we got no clue. So like before anyone gets all upset about, and just because Rick would get countless picks does not mean Rick had great drafts. Okay. So we've got no clue. Second of all, I think that we should keep in mind and I'm going to defend the Vikings here, I guess, that TJ Hawkinson is part of this draft class. Mm. And that's a pretty damn good addition. Yeah. You know, the second round pick is gone. That's too bad. But if you were to come back to me today, Phil, and say, do you want TJ Hawkinson in your offense or a second round pick? I'm going to take a commodity that commodity that is known and that fit in perfectly immediately. And I think is going to be health provided more um more of a a factor for sure with an entire training camp yeah um it looks like my internet might be crapping on us here at the end of this episode if i'm limping home okay good if i'm limping home then it's just because we've been uh we've been enjoying the weekend the draft weekend here but yeah i think my my overall takeaway is it wasn't necessary to get too crazy and reach desperately for a quarterback and they didn't they kind of let the draft come to them, which is great. I think it would have been really easy for them to say, okay, oh, my God, we decided that we're only going to have one more year left of Kirk. We love Anthony Richardson's upside, so screw it. Let's give up six picks and a bunch of future first-rounders to to go get him. So they did the reasonable, sensible thing. They let the draft come to them. They get probably a great compliment to Justin Jefferson. They add some defensive pieces that may fit with Brian Flores's scheme, and not all these guys are going to pan out. Um, they get a quarterback that Kevin O'Connell is clearly interested in, mm-hmm. and they get a running back at the very end that can be in the mix as a multi-headed prong to take over for Dalvin Cook. So um, I know that some people are kind of mad that, you know, why, why did they trade back a couple times, or why didn't they get more aggressive and trade up in the first round for, for a quarterback. Why didn't they draft Will Levis when he was sitting there and time will tell my gut says they're not going to regret passing on Will Levis, but I like it. I like what they did on paper and we'll just kind of see how this thing plays out. And it, it feels like with Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter and Dalvin cook, and even maybe Kirk cousins that there's some other stuff kind of sitting out there that they could do mm-hmm. to rack up 2024 draft picks. So I would say, uh, you know, don't just go hibernate if you're a Vikings fan from now until training camp. And we will, by the way, this is Purple Daily. Daily meaning we will continue 365 days a year daily even after the draft. The schedule release is coming out soon. There's, uh, like we said, there's some big players to be uh, decided what their fate is. And some other fun stuff we'll have throughout the offseason. And the the camp start. We got the rookie camp, I think, next week, right? We got the... Mm -hmm. OTAs, which I think about 
five of those are open to us. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a ton to talk about. There will be prying eyes there. Let's put it that way. Yes. Prying eyes. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Awesome. Well, thanks to all of you guys for making this just an amazingly fun and successful draft weekend here for us on Purple Daily. If you're hanging out with us on the YouTube channel, if you could click the subscribe button and the like button, it would help spread the word about this community that you're helping us build. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you could give us a five-star review and a positive or a five-star rating and a positive review, it would also help spread the word about the show. So, all right, go enjoy your Saturday night here, Judd. Cheers. We've already got into the before I dies. Got that and right. uh, old Macadac is going to do the same. And we'll see you guys. Declan will have a vent line tomorrow. And then we'll see you all on Monday on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment.